here it is. The most listened to radio show on the planet. Even the other stations are tuned in too. Hey there, this is Dylan from Blues Coasters, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Aiden from Coaster Vikings 05, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi, this is Jeremy from Buckeye Coasters, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Hi there, this is Lindsay Stork from Ginger G-Force, and you're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Yes, I accept the coaster challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Mm-hmm. Coaster challenge podcast is here. It's time to face your fears. Get that theme park therapy and let us both your Coaster ears. challenge podcast is here. Your fear can disappear. We know that theme park therapy can drive all your tears. Do you accept the coaster challenge? Yes, I accept the coaster challenge. Do you accept the coaster challenge? We accept because you know we're not average. You're listening to the Coaster Challenge Podcast. A journey where people become fearful to fearless, all from riding roller coasters. So please, secure your hats and glasses, and keep your hands and arms inside the podcast. It's time to accept the Coaster Challenge with your hosts, Kim Dykes. Hello, audience. This is Kim, one of the producers of the Coaster Challenge podcast, and I'm just ecstatic to sit down and talk with a wonderful guest. Today, I'm speaking with Casey Jo Johnson, an artist that has literally made her mark by sharing her incredible talent with enthusiasts at parks throughout the coaster community. Her love of coasters shines bright as she strives to bring positivity to the community everywhere she goes with everyone she meets. Thank you for talking with me today. and Welcome to the podcast, Casey. Yay! Yeah, no problem. Happy to be here. Well, I am so happy that we finally get to sit down and talk. It only <laughs> took us almost a year to get this. Yeah. Scheduled. But you know what they say, <laughs> saving the best for last. Sure. <laughs> we met for the first time in person last year at Hollywood Nights. It was awesome to find someone else in the community with a voyage tattoo. And by the way, I now have an El Toro one. It was my 300th last July. I love that coaster and can't wait for it to reopen. I had a great time talking to you and riding with you and look forward to it again this year. That being said, we didn't have a lot of time to talk between all the voyage rides. So let's get started with you sharing some things about yourself with us to help us get to know you a bit better. Alrighty. Dang. (laughs) Well... I'm not like super new, but I'm a little bit more new to the community. I think I really started getting into like posting my art um, probably about like probably in 2019. I didn't like super have too many like followers or anything. I never really set out with any goal to like do anything like that. But I just like made so many friends and that was like the big thing for me was just like how it was so cool that so many people were actually interested in like the art that I did. I had no idea that like it was going to like get any sort of traction or anything. So um, that was pretty much my introduction to just everything. The people that is what really started leading me, you know, into it aside from the love of coasters There are so many amazing people in the community. It's a positive energy. And, you know, I do hear people from time to time talk about, you know, toxic people and negative people. 
you're going to get that anywhere you go with any kind of activity that you get yourself into. The way Mm -hmm. I see it is, you know, you're going to get what you find. You're going to get what you're looking for and um, what you focus on. There's a whole lot more good in this community Mm -hmm. than there, than there is bad. And one of the coolest things about it for me is every time I think I've met as many people as I'm going to meet, you know, and the circle's complete. Oh, no, there's always more. There's so many, yeah. so many like overlap and like you run into somebody and like they're like, oh, do you know this person? I'm like, uh-huh. yeah, I met them like here. And they're like, oh, that like I've been friends with them. I'm like, whoa, there's so many like <laughs> interconnections and stuff. Yeah. And I think that that's that's probably like the big thing like I love how it doesn't like it doesn't it feels like everybody knows somebody it feels like yes. everybody has like some sort of connection with somebody mm-hmm. and it's kind of hard to kind of like be like left out like that was one of the things that I really liked about it was that there was a lot of like there's just a really big sense of like if you see somebody who's like not like kind of on the fringes of everything you kind of like go over and you're like come ride with us and I really like that because that's that's like my whole thing because I didn't have that growing up um Mm -hmm. I was really really um alone for a lot of my childhood and I did not have too many friends in elementary school onward yeah Mm -hmm. so um it was always just kind of like a Eh, like I always kind of was that person on the on the fringe like out there and just not really like socializing or really interacting Mm -hmm. with everybody so to kind of see like how easy it is to just kind of rope everyone in and like kind of be like Like, I love Mm -hmm. that and it's it's so nice to just kind of be like oh like there's a seat next to me like you can sit here um, so I, that's, that's my big thing. I love doing stuff like that, especially at, um, El Toro because mm-hmm. I write that so much mm-hmm. and I love that the amount, like I've ridden, like I ride with my friends sometimes, but a lot of it ends up me just being like, Hey, um, like, is this seat empty? Can I sit next to you? Uh-huh. And yeah. And we have like just a nice, like nearly three minutes with a stranger Mm -hmm. just to like kind of be like so where are you from you know like you Mm -hmm. that little tiny amount of time you have up the lift hill but it's like you can make I've made so many friends in the community that way so Mm -hmm. I I I am so happy with that um aspect of everything that's definitely the biggest draw for me I've always said now of course you're probably too young to remember this I'll date myself for a little bit. There's a <laughs> show that used to be on TV called Cheers. And the uh, song was Sometimes You Want to Go Where Everybody Knows Your Name. And I've said many times, you know, I myself was like you, just very much an outsider. Didn't, you know, didn't want to talk to very many people. And that's what the poster community has become to be. You know, like where everybody knows your name. And, and it's still floors me when I walk into an amusement park and people from literally all over the place that I've never met before know who I am from social media or mutual contacts or whatever and um it's 
one example comes to mind, and there there were a few on that last East Coast trip we took. I was standing in line to ride Sky Rush, and I hear some random person calling my name, and I'm like, "What? Where am I at? <laughs> Who knows my name?" And I'm looking at this person. I'm like, how do I tell them I have no idea who you are? Because they were acting like they knew who I was. Well, she finally told me, she's like, oh, by the way, I'm, you know who Airtime Mike is? I'm like, yes, I'm his yeah. girlfriend. Oh, he showed me your picture. He showed me all this about you. And I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, okay. But <laughs> it's just the most random people. She's so nice. I love yeah, her. She, she was awesome. But, you know, just random people in random places all the time. To me, some of the most memorable conversations and moments I've had have happened just like that when I least expected. And it's it's awesome. Yeah, okay. definitely. So the first part of our interview is basically going to be the roller coaster time capsule. We're going to go back through your history of riding coasters starting out as far back as you can remember. And then um, in the second half of the interview, and we'll exit the time capsule. We'll fast forward and we'll talk more about the Casey of now and the future going forward. So as we enter the roller coaster time capsule, we always like to start with this first question with all of our guests. What was your first coaster that you remember riding? Well, <laughs> my first coaster was Big Bad Wolf at Bush Garden Williamsburg. I was eight years old and I was terrified. <laughs> oh my gosh. It was like my dad, like, I don't know why they didn't decide to put me on like something I don't know, like even like Apollo's chariot, I feel like would have uh -huh. been the better move. No, they put me on Big Bad Wolf and I cried and cried and I didn't, my little baby brain, I didn't uh -huh. know I was supposed to swing. So I'm like, my hands are like on the sides of the trip. Like I'm like holding it like my, like I'm like putting my, like pinning my feet again, trying to get it to stop. Mm -hmm. I'm like, stop swinging because I'm terrified. So that was my first coaster. Definitely. I was eight years old and I was terrified. So <laughs> now Big Bad Wolf is not one that I got to ride. Tell me more about it. Oh, okay. So it was um the Aero Suspended coaster that used to be at Bush Gardens. They took it out in um two thousand nine. Okay. And um it was like widely regarded, like I know this now. But like mm -hmm. it was it was like widely regarded by like enthusiasts as like one of the more intense roller coasters like in the United States. Oh my goodness. Because the swing and like the the over the Rhine drop, mm -hmm. the way it would like swing up and like yeah. you would be like like pretty much as close to upside down as you could get. Like one of the things that wow. terrified me again as a little baby. Is I'm like looking over to I'm like I'm like <laughs> you know and I'm look I look over to my left, not down. I look to my left and I see the water and I'm like, ah, I gotta get off. I gotta get yeah. off. Thank God that was like the last thing that happens before, like because it has two lift hills, mm -hmm. which also made me think that every roller coaster. Because for some reason I thought that, like I thought it was going around again. So I thought mm -hmm. every roller coaster did two laps for the longest time. 
after that because that was my first and only roller coaster um it made me not want to ride roller coasters like ever again actually that is <laughs> quite a first coaster to have yeah written. and it would first time i've heard that from anybody <laughs> with that question asked, wow now that i'm older i asked my dad i was like why did you put me on that and he was like well it was smooth i was like okay sure it was scary though <laughs> like, <laughs> so little kids can handle bumpy they have bouncy bodies yeah that's what i was thinking yeah. so i too was very much afraid of coasters for a really long time i was kind of <laughs> i was preconditioned by family members to think they were scary yeah I, I held on for dear life and kept my eyes closed for years I mean, years. I don't think I even opened my eyes. I think I opened my eyes for the first time when I was, I think, 18. Took a really long time. And then I started to realize, oh, it's actually more fun that way. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, it's a lot less scary when you can actually see what's coming. Yeah, yeah, true. Speaking of scary, and you talked about, you know, being scared of roller coasters for many, many years. When did you start riding again after that? Do you remember? Yes. Um, so the first time that I started riding again was when we went to Knobles. And my I was with like a youth group. And it was mm -hmm. in 2013. It was in, uh, not 2013. I was 13. So okay. it was a couple years later. I was 13 instead. It was like five years later. Yes. Um, and I was like, okay, like I'll try Phoenix. So mm -hmm. I did Phoenix and I just, I loved that. I, I loved it. It was like, I don't know why it was just a total flip. I was like, okay, like this is okay. And then like you get to like the finale where it mm -hmm. has like the little, you know, the, the, the bunny yeah. hops and just all that, like, again, the airtime and the buzz bars and it was just really good. And there's like a whole different vibe at Knobles too. Like it's just like, Oh yes. The nostalgic vibe there is. So yeah. Awesome. But I do have to say, and I, I know this gets some uh, kudos from some enthusiasts and it gets big, <laughs> it gets big boos from the others. Phoenix was what I called my anticipation of 2022. I just I think thought it was boring, underwhelming. Now it was quite shocking when the airtime literally almost landed me in my son's lap. Yeah. <laughs> that was, was fun. But I don't know. I was just expecting more for me. I think when people kind of put it in with like the big names, like when people put Phoenix in with like El Toro and the Voyage yeah. and like, you know, that's what just I was rides like that. That's what you tend to expect. Mm -hmm. um, but when you go into it, just kind of like not really expecting anything like that's how yeah. I, I was more so expecting to hate it. When I wrote it, I was just like, I'm just going to do it so that I actually do something here. Mm -hmm. That way, like when our group, like our, our group, our youth group left, like it would be fine. And nobody could hold it over me that I didn't do anything. So I did that and I did like it. Yeah. Um, so that was just, it was an entirely different feeling. Like Big Bad Wolf was so much more like the positives and stuff. And I think yes. that just scared me when I was younger. Um, and then Phoenix was just more of like a, like a traditional, like, Sit down, yes. lift hill, one lift, one lift And hill. I could see for sure how that would have less of the scary factor. 
Exactly. It also made me fall in love with wooden roller coasters. It was my first wooden roller coaster. So my second roller coaster ever, first wooden roller coaster. And I was now, like, I could say that being that. a great first wooden coaster. Yes. <laughs> and I have to say, had I not experienced the other two before and many others, you know, before mm-hmm. that. I think being younger, I would have been more blown away by it. Into it. Yeah, Yeah, for sure. Now, we are still on the topic of scary things, which leads perfectly into our next question. Looking back on all the coasters you've ridden, what's the one that scared you the most? I mean, again, Big Bad Wolf was like the thing that terrified me, but once i like that was like yeah that like legitimately like fundamentally like made my head like terrified um i want to say after like that being like aside from like the initial first thing that was so scary mm-hmm. um the first time i ever like really felt my heart in my chest was on the launch track at, at of a king to ka it was the first time i was like Ooh. Yeah, I <laughs> and it was like that. it was so weird because I had ridden dragster before, so okay. I was like, eh. But something about I think it was because when I rode King Nika for the first time, it was back when they couldn't run Zoom and Jaro at the same time. Okay, because they can do that now. Yes. So we pulled out and just sat there, and that oh. gave me time to like think about because Zoom and Jaro was doing. You a cycle. had time to contemplate life decisions. So I was like, <laughs> uh-oh. <laughs> yeah. I was like, dang, like I can feel my heartbeat. Like that's weird. Mm-hmm. That hasn't happened. So probably that one. <laughs> and what was so scary about it? Since you had experienced Dragster before, what did you see as being especially different about King to Call? I think part of it too was also where I was in my life. Um, which we can get to for sure. But like, because like El Toro, cause like that was my first visit to great adventure ever. And El Toro played an incredibly big role in my life. Um, which again, we can talk about later, yeah. but I think it was just basically where I was in my life. That was so different from dragster. Um, I also, even though I was like into roller coasters, I was not an enthusiast. So I was yeah. still in the GP mindset that mm-hmm. Six Flags is really dangerous. <laughs> I was like, uh oh, living on the edge. Ha- all the accidents happen at Six Flags. Like, yeah. you have no idea. I, I was literally like, I'm never going to a Six Flags park ever. Like, I was like weird. So I was like, ba- I was still like a baby. Enthusi- like I wasn't quite there but I'd been to Cedar Point because that was like mm-hmm. my I uh, traded out Christmas my birthday and graduation for a trip to like that was like the deal my parents made mm-hmm. so for that I like skipped out on like prom and like all that stuff but I got mm-hmm. to go to Cedar Point so that was awesome um, but we just because we came from like just my family we kind of had to pick and choose like we yes. had to pick and choose what we put money into just because it you know so. yes. doesn't grow in trees. Mm-hmm. So yeah. And that's interesting. Is I did I felt that come to Jesus in the seat for the first time on Top Thrill Dragster. <laughs> yeah. And it and I, I was very overly confident 
I think, before I actually <laughs> got in the seat of that ride for the first time. And that's when it all hit me. But mm-hmm. what was nuts was when we rode King to Call for the first time back in July. All that fear, I expected something to kick back in. There was nothing. Nothing. Yeah. Not a thing. I was able to put my hands up on the lawns, the whole nine yards. And one of the coolest moments, if not the coolest moment of my life happened when we were on Zoom and Jaro, we got a dueling ride. Yes. Call, and I was on the right outside edge. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I don't you think go I'll up. ever forget that. Yeah. And I mean, we, we had like, I think we had 11 rides on Zoom and Jaro that day. That a line, so we just kept rewriting yeah, but I mean, the chances of that happening on that one little trip were slim to none, and that's a moment I will definitely never, ever, ever, ever forget. Yeah, it was awesome. So, looking back, I'm sure, and I might be off track here with thinking this before that first coaster, I'm remembering, you know my first ride on my first coaster i was feeling very excited how were you feeling in the station while you were waiting to ride big bad wolf uh i was not feeling it my mom took a picture of me outside the sign like because mm-hmm. they used to have like the sign oh i i wish i had the photo i i think it's back at their house mm-hmm. but it is i'm just like Oh. like i'm like i i don't i don't want to do it. i remember i do remember also looking up at um apollo's chariot and being like no way it's way too high mm-hmm. um so then i remember but like with big bad wolf i was like genuinely like really scared like i made it pretty clear that i did not want to ride but my parents were really insistent because they were like you know like it was, it was our first ever mm-hmm. family vacation it was our first ever family vacation um it was right like you know like i had never been out of the state of pennsylvania so when i was like in the station i remember just kind of watch i was just very like like an owl you know what i mean like very like wide eyes looking around turning my head just paying attention to everything because i was genuinely terrified and i you know i ended up being scared and i literally only have one lifetime ride ever like i i because i i was 13 mm-hmm. when i decided to try again um the ride had pretty much been taken out like okay. the year prior maybe a little yeah like it was just like i i never got a chance to ride it again so, so my only memory is being terrified in the station so how about king to call with the previous with, experience of riding top thrill dragster how were you feeling going through the station of king to call for the first time so that was the difference too and like with king to call we like i told my friend that i was at the park with i was like we need to get to King to Cop first because if I know anything about we don't want to shut down dragster, we don't want it to shut down. Yeah. We don't want the line. It's not mm-hmm. you know super high capacity. So we gunned it. So we're like running. Like it's like you know like when you're in middle school and they say that there's like tater tots for lunch and like everybody's running. Yes, to the the tater tots run, bro. Like that was how we were and so we got there and i was like yeah 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 i'm feeling it and then we sat down and i'm like yeah yeah so like in the station i was fine but like once we hit that launch track once we just pulled out and we're just stopped and we're just waiting mm-hmm. i'm like oh no that's what happened to me on the road. 
Yeah. It's yeah. like a different feeling. Like it's like mm-hmm. if you don't like get on or like are engaged with like something and you're just sitting like on yeah. the track and you're waiting, it gives you a little just a little too much time and then you start second guessing. <laughs> and I'll tell I'll tell you, I've overcome a lot. But one right now based on stories that I've heard from a couple of different people. I thought, you know, I was completely over the fear threshold. There's really nothing else that I'm going to be afraid of because I'm I'm pretty fearless for the most part with most things. I have not ridden X2 yet, and I can't say that I'm overly excited based on the things that I've heard. I don't know. <laughs> I love X2 so much. That <laughs> actually was my most, if I can get my sleeve up, Probably oh, not. Got a tattoo. Oh, it's really hard to see. But I got I it's kind of it. cut off. It's I the original it. the original X logo. Oh, cool. Because I I like I I just thought that the original one looked pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I kind of like the like futurist, like the futuristic for the 2000s look. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to get that. I love X2. It's like probably my like fourth favorite roller coaster at this point. Well, that's that's encouraging. Yeah, so <laughs> we, we we do have two, I think, coordinated tattoos now: Voyage and El Toro. Yes, you've got an X two tattoo. That could be a good sign because yes. I've heard about I've heard about blackouts. I've heard about head banging to the point of crying. And I'm <laughs> yes, okay, so. Literally, the only thing you need to worry about, because, like, everything else is pretty manageable if you, like, just ride defensively like a B&M invert. But, like, the last Raven turn, that is, like, that's 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 the kicker. So that very final, like, dive down, that's the, that's the kicker. So I tried, like, when I went, um this past year i tried like four different ways i'm like maybe i can like beat the forces maybe i can like hold my head for no that'll smack your head back so hard it'll slap you in the next tuesday like don't do that also don't keep your head pinned what i learned that works for me at least yeah is really simple take one hand and literally just put it behind your head the whole ride no just on that last raven turn okay yeah i just literally put my hand right here and like the cushion of like it's just like an immediate shock absorber and i thought it was gonna hurt my hand but it didn't uh, so, so that worked. yeah that okay. worked for me well that's i'm gonna put that one down in my notes survive x2 survival <laughs> that's true that's and behind my head on the last turn because you know that is actually something i will do something that you know they call it thrill sinking mm-hmm. part of the thrill of the chase for me is figuring out how to ride a coaster so how I to can ride. develop a, and so i can develop a love for it yes because that's key yes i With agree. so many coasters vo- voyage included mm-hmm. you know oh, that yeah. light bar comes down <laughs> and it's it's crushing my thighs it hurts i don't like that it's not fun and it, it took me I call it the, the, it took me a number of years to master the art of writing. Voice. Yeah, I do. I call it an art form. Because <laughs> it, took, it took a while to figure out yeah. how to totally the beast. But, you know, that's something I will do. I did the same thing with Intimidator 305. 
I've done it with a number of, you know, RMCs and stuff too. Like there's got to be a way to eliminate the pain and maximize the thrill. Where is mm-hmm. it? You know, yeah. Just keep going until you figure it out. So going back to those um, two coasters, Big Bad Wolf and Keen to Call, how did you feel? I think I know how you felt when you got off Big Bad Wolf. But, you know, how did you feel when you got off those coasters? I know you didn't want to ride anything after Big Bad Wolf. Nope. Yeah, I, at that point, I was like, I'm never riding a roller coaster again. Like, I decided right there in my eight-year-old wisdom that I did not ever want to ride one again. Um, and then when I got off King to Ka, it was pretty cool because, like, that was a little bit of a different feeling. Because, again, just the circumstances of my life, it was kind of like... It was just kind of cool. And I remember like getting off and looking like because like you get you walk down the exit. And I guess the biggest takeaway wasn't necessarily from the ride, but it was that you see El Toro. Like you Mm -hmm. see like all the like, you know, like the the twister section and everything. And I was like, we're doing that next. So that was like the huge thing after cop. But yeah, after after Big Bad Wolf, I said never again i'm not doing anything else here i'm not doing anything else ever so not changed just a little bit just a little so you know looking back at your rides on those coasters would you say that either one of them had an impact on your life um i look back especially at big bad wolf like i associate that like so much with like it's going to sound like kind of silly, but I associate Big Bad Wolf a lot like with my dad because it's just like I was pushed to do something that I didn't want to do. But I like I like I was like so scared to do it. And I was like, I don't want to. And I still ended up not liking, you know, I still ended up like, oh, yeah, I was right. I didn't like it. But you did. But it. I did it. Yeah. And I think that looking back at that it's like even though i only had that one ride and even though like i wish i could ride it again um something about the fact that like i was kept like i was safe you know mm-hmm. like i was still safe i i made it back in one piece and like that was kind of like a touchstone then for me to like i feel like even though it was the thing that made me swear them off the fact that i did it is what made me ultimately go ride phoenix like, it was the final, like, you know, I did it before. I could do it again. Interesting connection. Yeah. Very interesting connection. And would you say that Kindaka had any sort of impact? Kindaka, definitely. I mean, the the two thoughts I had, again, when I got off were just, wow, I felt my heartbeat. That has never happened to me. It was also, Kindaka was my 100th credit. I didn't know it at the time. Cool. I, okay. I didn't know because I wasn't counting. Mm-hmm. Um, but then like once I became like a little bit more into it, um, I like kind of backwards counted mm-hmm. and I was like, oh yeah. Okay. So I was one away from making El Toro my hundred. It's okay. It's okay. Right. Um, the biggest impact there was honestly getting off and then kind of just being in this position where it was like, yeah, I want to do that next. And just seeing El Toro and the way it was presented and I knew nothing about it. I knew nothing about Great Adventure at all. I didn't even know that King Nicole was there. 
Like that's how much I like. I knew there was another Stratocoaster, like a, and a Stratocoaster. Like I'm talking about it retroactively, but I knew there was another one that was like Top Thrill Dragster. Mm-hmm. I didn't know where it was. I definitely didn't think it was in New Jersey. I thought it was like somewhere far away, like you know. Uh-huh. So I literally found that out when we rounded the corner to park. Okay. So. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. <laughs> When I got off Top Thrill Dragster, just looking at the two Stratas, I was still on a mission to overcome fear. Like I was holding on for dear life, scared to death. I felt really felt the need to break past, you know, that threshold. Yeah. Where King to call for me, it was the exact opposite. I expected fear at some point to kick in and it didn't. It just didn't. So it yeah. was like that for me was an aha moment with how far I've come, you know, and where, where my fear threshold is now when you expect it to happen and it doesn't. Yeah. It was a progress. Yeah. Just a wow moment for me in a very different sort of way. So you did say that you do count coasters. I'm curious because I count credits as well. How many do you currently have? I'm at 413. I will hit 400 this year. I'm at, yeah. Yeah, I'm at 355. And I expect that to happen this summer. Really weirdly enough, my um, like my milestones are like they go green, orange, green, orange. Really? I don't know why. Yeah, there's Kinnika. Then my 200th was flashback. Mm-hmm. Great. At New England, a boomerang. And then my 300th was um, Fire Chaser Express. And then my uh-huh. 400 was Iron Rattler. Which I love Iron Rattler. Awesome coaster. I got one last summer, too. So you need drop. I know. I was so shocked. Um, what do you think you're going to do for your 400? Well, I'll tell you, I I think this is, I don't even know how I managed to do this. I've managed to make every milestone coaster something significant. The the 100 was Time Traveler. 200 was Velocicoaster. It's a good ride. 300. Jay and I had to argue this one out because he's three credits behind me. El Toro, <laughs> he, he took Jersey Devil. Now, with that being said, we've had a. I told him, I said, you know, as much as I've done for you, this time I'm not. Yeah, giving <laughs> this one up. I'm taking El Toro, but with 400 approaching, it's his turn. You know, to get the more significant coaster. But the way I've got my trips planned this year, even with plenty of margin for error and things to be closed down, it appears to be inevitable that we are going to be able to make 400 Leviathan for him and Behemoth for me. It's a good ride. How in the world are we going to be able to actually make more bucket list coasters a milestone but i've sat down i've juggled all the numbers you know what the trips we're going to take there's a ton of room of wiggle room wiggle room 
So I think unless something just catastrophic happens. I hope not. <laughs> I hope not. That um, that'll be it. That's a great, those are, both of them are great choices, genuinely. Canada's Wonderland has a fantastic top three. Um, like most people, well, yeah, most people really consider like the um, top three, like Leviathan, Behemoth, and Yukon Striker. Mm-hmm. Personally, I really, really love Mighty Canadian Mindbuster. I know that's like weird, but. That's like my favorite wow. bear. I love that ride. I don't. I don't know. It's just. It's like dumb fun. It reminds me of Legend, mm-hmm. which for a really long time um, was my number three. Mm-hmm. Um, but because it like goes between the water slides, and I'm just yes. like, oh my gosh, it's like Holiday World. <laughs> Legend was one too. It took me a number of years to develop a love for that coaster. Mm. I. And, and I finally figured out, I think it was just because I was horribly out of shape. I couldn't go with, with the it. flow of the ride. So it would just throw me around like a rag doll and it would hurt. Now, I go. I, I remember a few years ago, I rode in the back one time and I said, never again. Now the back is no. like the only place I want to ride. It's <laughs> back last year and I'm like, okay. I'm going to try the back row again. I think I'm ready for this. It was awesome. <laughs> and I've wanted to do it as many times as I could. I loved it. So you said you are currently at 413. 13. Yeah. Okay. 413 credits. Looking back on all of those coaster rides, one of the favorite, my favorite things I like to talk about are these random unexpected things that happen. Looking back on all of your rides on those 413 coasters, what has been your craziest moment? Well, it gets really interesting. Like I could say, I like there's been tons of times where there's like just scary things, like crazy, like phones and like things come and I'm like, oh my gosh. But my craziest, like genuinely, like the one that shaped me the most was um, when I first went to King's Dominion which uh this i wasn't counting credits so this had to have been like maybe it's probably like around like the 50s ish Mm -hmm. um of when i when i went there so i was still like relatively like new like i had only done like like two other parks um like knobles and like bush gardens obviously but like i had only really done like dorney park and then i was like okay king's dominion so we were picking me. I was there with three, with two of my friends, and we were picking out last rides of the night. Oh, and Hershey Park. I forgot I went there too, but I just grew up in the backyard of Hershey Park. Um, uh, me and my two friends were picking our last rides of the night, and I really wanted to do Volcano, and they didn't want to do Volcano. So I was like, well, let's agree to disagree, let's split up. You know, because I really want this. Just something was like really pushing me to go. I'm like, I really want this. So I I went over there and they went over there. And it was like kind of like my first like time being alone at the theme park, like alone, you know, in quotes. I was like, oh, wow, like I'm a big kid. You know what I mean? It was 20, I was 20, um, 2013. So I was still relatively young. I was like 16, 15. And I was like, all right, like, okay. So 
I'm like feeling cool. And then like, have you ever ridden volcano? Did you get a chance to ride that? I am still slapping myself. Yeah. Stupid. <laughs> it just, it just ripped open the battle wound. I'm so Wait, sorry. <laughs> oh God. I still cannot believe I was a stupid. I told you I became an enthusiast in 2019. The one that got away. Oh, stop. I'm sorry. <laughs> we went to King's Dominion back in 2016. And yeah, it was still there. Yeah. I was stuck babysitting oh. the little kids that wouldn't ride the big so yeah the biggest thing i got to ride that day was grizzly and the yeah. ferris wheel and the ferris wheel no intimidator 305 mm -mm. didn't get to ride volcano mm -mm. the reason when we, when we finally went back to king's dominion it was, it was in 2021. It was gone. So yeah, oh, that's the, the one that got away. Yeah. So when you would get in the queue for volcano, you would like kind of go in the volcano, sort of like you would walk around. Like you, you kind of had like let like stairs up that you kind of like go in. There's like caves, and then mm -hmm. you took these stairs. There's like switchbacks, and then you took the stairs down, like into the station. So you're like inside. Like you're inside at this point. And I'm I'm waiting. I'm just like la 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 la. I'm waiting. First, I didn't even try. I don't even know how. I was just like there was no single rider lines, or if there was, I didn't know about it. But I even I just got assigned to the um. I got assigned to the front row to ride with somebody else. So I was like, okay, like I'll do that, and. So you would launch, like you would kind of like roundabout and you'd launch outside, then turn around, do complete 180, launch back into the volcano and then up out. So you're pretty much like inside for the whole time. It's dark. It's, la it's mm -hmm. close to the last ride of the night. We launch out. I'm like, oh, this is awesome. Come back, launch out the top. And then as we're doing that, that whip out of it, the sky is just fireworks. Ooh. And I was like, oh my, oh my god!" The volcano erupting. It was like, it was so crazy because apparently they were doing like their anniversary fireworks mm -hmm. that day. And so like to have this feeling of like, this is my first time like really with like actual real independence because I'm alone. I picked what I wanted to do. I put myself like first kind of. I had that independence and then that just like coming out and just seeing all these fireworks, not knowing that they were even going to do fireworks that night. It was just like, I will forever have that like POV, like ingrained in my head because it was just so surreal to me. And I think that was the first time I ever really felt truly independent and truly like doing something that I wanted to do. So that stuck with me for my whole life wow. ever since then. What an incredible story. Wow. I love that That's ride. A... I miss it. <laughs> now I'm even more <laughs> I know, I'm sorry. that I didn't get I to did. ride it, but that was 
one awesome story that you just shared. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> yeah. I know the answer to this next question, <laughs> but for our audience members that this may be the first time that they're getting associated with you, would you please share what is your favorite coaster? So my favorite coasters are El Toro and The Voyage. I can't pick between the two of them. I rode El Toro first. And if I didn't ride El Toro, I wouldn't have met The Voyage. Like I wouldn't have ridden The Voyage. So, but they are both my all-time favorites. That's why they're tattooed right next to each other on my arm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, those are my babies. (laughs) And I remember you telling me that, well... At Hollywood Nights, and I think you had the necklace and some different stuff. Now, yeah, I actually I, have, have. I actually have two. I, I don't know if you can see charms as an anchor. Yes. Yeah. For voyage, and on my outer necklace because I wound up getting six charms for six different coasters. I couldn't. I couldn't pick just one. <laughs> so I yeah. started doing it. I got a. Uh, it's like a person riding. The back of the bull yeah for el toro but yeah i have to say i'm very excited to see the difference in how el toro runs once they do all the work that we're doing and speaking of el toro our other executive producer he grew up in new jersey he is huge 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 intimate diehard fan yeah and his white whale is el toro oh my god he's never gotten to ride it keeps missing it he had this trip scheduled to go back to six flags great adventure finally get to ride el toro and literally the week before he went to great adventure it shut down yeah again (laughs) it's like no I know. <laughs> so it's sad. To, it's going to happen. Yes. But I will say, without giving too much away, mm-hmm. I will say, keep an eye on Great Adventure because we got some awesome things coming. Not that I work there or anything. I loved that park. And I love it's park. honestly. I know a lot of people say Fiesta, Texas. It was my favorite Six Flags Park. I had a wonderful time there. And talk about a one, two, three punch. Yeah. El Toro, Jersey Devil, King to Call. I mean, I can just be happy doing that. Oh, yeah. There are times. There are times I go yeah exactly there are times i go out to the park because i don't live in jersey i live in pennsylvania mm-hmm. so it's still a little bit of a drive it's like an hour and 15 but i'll go out and there are times i get one ride on el toro that's it and i'm fine mm-hmm. that's okay i don't mind it's, it's one heck of a ride <laughs> yes yeah that, that now that did slow me down they were they had it on two trains for a while and yeah then, um, i think we wound up we got it was either 11 or 12 rides on El Toro the day that we rode it. 
but it, it was when it cut back to one train that it slowed, yeah. us, slowed us down. But that was the day we had that trip split up. And the first night, now we're going to focus on El Toro. And then we went back for the last portion of the last day we went. Okay, now it's time to see, you know, Jersey Devil. Let's, you know, yeah. after we've gotten all the other credits in the park. Mm-hmm. But um, El Toro, I didn't care when they cut it back to one train. I didn't mind to wait. <laughs> one of those, it's it's worth the wait. Literally, 100%. The longest, like, there was one time, and it's actually funny because I met um a person that i still keep in contact with he's just he's just such a he's a nice man um his name's andre he's really sweet um and just i we i went to great adventure one time and it was like really early in the season so like Mm -hmm. kyle wasn't running you know it was it was back when they were opening like really early in the year yeah um like 20 you know 17 2018 um 2019 ish but mainly 2018 got there the sole purpose of riding el toro and it was pretty much closed but i don't know i didn't i was like well i don't have anything better to do today i don't feel like walking over to nitro and king of cause and open so i just sat at the ride at the bench they used to have the benches that were at jersey devil they used to be by el toro mm-hmm. and i just sat there and I just drew, I was like, hey, can I get receipt paper and pen? And I just drew. And the ride was closed the entire day. It randomly went up for one singular ride, one ride at wow. like 6, 5.36 p.m. Mm-hmm. So I sat there for like eight hours. Like wow. I, just, I, just, I just waited like eight or nine hours just to, yeah. just to ride it. Because I'm like, eh, I'll wait. <laughs> and I, when I was waiting, like, yeah, they opened for one ride and then immediately closed it again. And I'm oh. like, I don't care. It's worth it. Mission accomplished. And I made that friend, too. So he's, Andre is really cool. I like him. But, yeah. <laughs> now, I am curious. Do you have a favorite row or seat? So, my favorite row and seat is the seat that I rode in for the first time which is in the very, very second to last seat because That's El Toro- my favorite row too. Yeah. El yes. Toro's station makes you think, like if you're like not used to it, you think that that's the last row, but you're yeah. not in the last yeah. row. On the left side. Yes. That's, where I wrote. that's my seat. It's a special seat. Yeah. I tried <laughs> multiple sides, rows, row 17 on the left left mm-hmm. I can't the same favorite seat that's crazy <laughs> I will say you should also try it in row 5 everyone yeah. looks at me crazy when I say that right or left Um, eh, for that one it doesn't super matter I like it on the left as well I'm but have to remember row 5 I can't remember five. specifically if I wrote row 5 I row 5 a couple times very back and i hit the middle you know a few of the middle rows but when i hit that next to last row that's right, the special once i hit the left side yeah. that was solid gold yes yeah <laughs> row five is really good for the camelbacks the rolling okay. thunder hill you're not going to get you're going to get a little bit the drop you're uh-huh. going to get a little bit but the camelbacks in row five Ooh. when i tell you you ne- you have never gone from 
positive G's to negative G's mm-hmm. that quickly. Like mm-hmm. it is just an instantaneous, like you're sitting that you're pinned to the bottom, you're pinned to the seat and then you're pinned to the restraint. Just nothing in between. You're just sh- like, because awesome. the momentum is like, yeah. you're being carried forward, but the weight of the train is also kind of holding you back. So yeah. it's like a, you know what I mean? It's like yeah. a punch. So cool. Robust. <laughs> and, and <17. laughs> I'm, I'm stamping that number in my brain. If it forgets, I'll send you a message. What road did you say to ride again? Because <laughs> it's, I mean, at some point, I definitely will be back to revisit, all, especially with, you know, uh, Wildcats Revenge opening at Hershey Park and that yep. sort of thing. I don't anticipate, I don't anticipate, of course. I say this and then I, I wind up in the darndest places. Yeah. On a whim, and I never really say, oh, you know, I'm not going back to that park this year. And then I wind up yeah. there anyway. So stranger things have happened. But I'm honestly looking at probably revisiting Great Adventure in Hershey Park possibly next year. We've all, we, I will say 2024 is their 50th anniversary next Very year. Good time to come. And there's maybe, a bunch maybe. of those. Yeah. And there's a bunch of those. Uh, boardwalk credits too i wasn't able to get the last yeah. time we went dorney park also might be getting something new yes i saw so. that i saw yeah. that. <laughs> take that cedar fair pass back up there so yeah. we've talked about the favorite coaster a little bit let's go to the opposite end of the spectrum from the top to the bottom out of yes. all 413 coasters what is your least favorite one and done coaster? So I genuinely find like all ro- like I love all roller coasters. Like I would rather be on a roller coaster than on the ground, except for one. There is one roller coaster that if they were like, would you rather be on a roller coaster? No, I'm sitting it out. Do it is tell. time warp. Time warp. Canada's Wonderland. That is the Valair. Um and it's the one you like. Oh. What's so bad about it? So what I didn't like about it, and like no shade at all. Like I'm not like like I'm not saying it was like bad or anything, but like the procedure for actually riding it. So you like lay down, and then the case kind of encloses like on your back, mm-hmm. but your feet. You kind of like step up on this like ladder. Like there's different rungs, mm-hmm. and. I stepped up to where my shoulders were flush up against it. And then um, the write-up was like, you need to step up one more. And I was like, oh, please don't make me do that because it's, it's going to hurt, hurt so bad. I was like, I'm already like at it. And he's like, no, like you have to. And I'm like, okay. Oh, <laughs> so my shoulders were like the letter A. Like they were like down. I was like, like it, oh. it hurts so bad. The, like there's nothing wrong with like, the ride itself was like, yeah, it was fun. Like, you know, it was like a, it felt like a wild mouse, but like a flyer wild mouse kind of like, it was just really like, you know, kitschy. Like it was just, mm-hmm. you know, it was good, but the restraints hurt me so bad to the point where like, if you're in between sizes on the ladder, yeah, you're not going to have fun. You're not going to have fun. How tall are you? That's, that's the worst part. I'm like five, three. 
I'm like your height. Oh God. <laughs> so I'm the same height you are too. Yeah. <laughs> I have that joyous occasion too. I know. I was like, Look oh forward no. to. I'm just gonna remember number four hundreds happened at that park. Just sure. yeah, just just yeah. The the queue is beautiful. The ride is pretty. Like it's painted pretty. I hate shoulder pain. The only the Ooh. one that did that to me, Thunderhawk up at Michigan's Adventure. Oh my lord! I felt yeah. like it was severing my arm off at the top. It was all I could do to survive the ride. Yeah, I didn't mind that SLC too much. Um, it was one of, from what I remember, is one of the better ones. But I can definitely understand how the restraints just do not do it well, for from you. From what I've been told, when I wrote it, it wasn't mm-hmm. running as well. Oh, yeah. Is it had previously run because one of the people that was with me on that trip was talking about how great it was. Yeah. After he after he wrote it, he was like, I don't know what happened. (laughs) So, yeah. Now we are going to start entering the main course of the menu of our interview. Your love of wooden coasters. Particularly what you previously mentioned, El Toro and Voyage. Tell us about your love of those two coasters. What is it individually that you love about each coaster? And I'm curious if you've kept a ride count on each one as well. Yes. So, talking like purely like ride like aspect mm-hmm. um i love that they are two totally different rides from each other that's probably the big thing i really love that el toro is so like punchy and like the airtime on it obviously like just all of that and then i love how voyage kind of is so like it's it also is very like aggressive but it's all it's it's so graceful it just takes everything with like <sighs> speed and agility and then you have el toro that's like it's kind of like the heavy hitter you know what i mean where it's like it's not necessarily graceful but it's like intense i've I told love- people on voyage i've literally said this i mastered the art of riding with voids when i learned how to dance with voyage exactly yes i and- totally get every <laughs> bit of that that you yes. just said 100 percent. yes and and same with el toro it's the i mean the tagline don't mm-hmm. fight it ride it you know what i mean yes it's you a wild miss- pool that's what you gotta do so you just kind of let the rides do what they want to do you mm-hmm. know what i mean and you yes. are along like you kind of are an extension of the ride i've always really liked that feeling because that one kind of, with the ride yeah. yeah so i feel that the most there um i do have a ride count as of right now, El Toro, I am at 2,286 rides. And for Voyage, I'm at three, 311. Because I never really counted. I never really kept track until recently. But with El Toro, I do. Um, I like pretty much did right away. Um, and I wear like... Because there's no loose articles. And I don't really have like Apple Watch or anything. So all the bracelets I wear... Um, I have like a knitting knitting row counter that I got from a craft store that I put on the bracelet and you just click it every time you go around and it locks in place so it yeah, won't accidentally I saw get you hit. Doing that. 
Yeah. With the toys last year. That's, that's, that's the way I keep track. So, um, my first ride on El Toro ever was, um, I I have the on ride photo right over there. I don't know if they're going to see it, but it's right over there. And, um, I rode for the first time in 2017. So that's 2,200 rides in, you know, like six, not six, five ish, almost kind of years. Cause it doesn't really count yet. Cause it hasn't been, but, um, and I probably would be at a lot more if I, if the ride didn't like have like the closures, but like last Last season, I got 402 rides um, before it closed. And then when I was really going, like, full-on, like, crazy ham, um, in July of, um, in July of 2018, I wonder if I had, or not July, in, yeah, I have my own ride photo, um, September of 2019 um Mm. that's when i got my thousandth ride and then in july i got 105 um rides in one day and that was probably like well that is the most i've ever done in one day um and it was back when they would let you um in early during like when they first did the memberships Mm-hmm. And um, so I got in early by about 30 minutes and then literally from 1030 to 10 at night. It was just El Toro the whole day. <laughs> so, yeah. And I just kind of like seat hop, like mem- like I would um, go look for other single riders and be yes. like, hey, like, is this seat taken? And they'd say no. And I'd be like, can I ride with you? And they're like, yeah, of course. In all 2286, in all 22. 22- 186 rides mm-hmm. i've only ever been told no like i don't want you to sit with me um three times which is like fine like the, i mm. obviously like some people have their reasons and i also stopped doing it when covid hit because it's pretty self-explanatory yeah i i wasn't gonna just go up and ask people for that so my re my rewrites kind of like went a little bit down during that time but that was fine i had no problem with that and what is the ride count on Voyage? Um, it's uh like three hundred and eleven ish. Um, I didn't keep I didn't keep track as like quickly, I guess, mm-hmm. as um El Toro. I just okay. kind of was like, oh, you know what? I'll start. I'll start now. Um, instead of like when I first wrote it, which was pretty much a year and change after I wrote El Toro for the okay. first time. Now. Am I correct or incorrect in saying that there is more of the story outside of the ride experience attached to El Toro? Yes. So basically my life was relatively, it was like relatively okay. I had like my first job, everything like that. I had it for a couple years. And then a lot of things in my life just started going wrong. Um, the job I was working at, I felt really discouraged and really just not I was working McDonald's so I was Mm -hmm. a manager at McDonald's and I was overnights I was doing overnights pretty much every day like Mm -hmm. every day but you know 
So that sort of like shift is really hard for somebody who's like still developing. It's honestly really bad for anybody um, overnights, but it was just really taxing. And I had had kind of a rocky history with my family. Um, at that point in time, there was a lot going on between my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. And the major thing that happened was my dad had a drinking problem and he, you know, I won't get into like a lot of the childhood things, but like my dad had a drinking problem at that point in his life. And mm-hmm. essentially what he decided to do was he um, attempted suicide. Okay. Um, when, yeah, so he had basically attempted suicide and then he was hospitalized. He was taken out of like away and he was hospitalized mm-hmm. for about three or four months. Um, and during that time, I was feeling really suicidal as well mm-hmm. because it was just all these things compounding from my childhood. Um, again, um, like your son, um, I had, I had been sexually assaulted in high school. Um, and it was like, there was a trusted adult in my life and it was just so much had happened, like boom, 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 like that. And then my dad yeah. and I had lost, I had also lost a very dear friend of mine. Um, and it was really hard working at that job because all I needed was just one person to just kind of like be like, Oh, Hey, like I see you're working hard. Like, and there was, none. I, I, and I, I never, I never got it. So eventually towards the end of it, I was like, I just quit my, I was just like, look, I'm leaving. And mm-hmm. in my head, I was playing this, not like a game, but I was kind of like, if one person tells me that they see me just if they see me, like just like just something small, I'm not, I'm, I'm not going to, I'm not going to like make an attempt on my life. Mm-hmm. But if nobody does it by this time, then I'm going to do that. So I quit McDonald's. No one did anything. Um, and I was just like, okay. So I decided to spend, I got my last check and I decided to spend all my money. I was like, I will spend, I got $800 in the bank. I will spend all my money on like experiences. I'm just going to start traveling. It's going to do whatever. Just, mm-hmm. and then once that money is out, I am going to, I am, I am going to like kind of take my own life. So really just not good all around, very bad mentally. Um, and just very, just, it was just a lot. I'm just, I like think back and I'm just like, Oh God, this is heavy. Um, but so one of the things that me and my friends did, I was like, Hey, like, let's go, like, let's let me buy your ticket. Like all, you know, cause I didn't care. I just wanted to spend money. So I brought my friend to six. Well, actually I was going to say, I told him, I'm like, let's go to King's dominion. And he's like, no, we went there last year. Like we should go somewhere new. And I was like, well, where are you thinking? And he's like, we should go to six flags. We should go to the one in New Jersey. And I'm like, for what like i'm like whatever but i didn't care because i was like whatever like we'll just go wherever that's fine so we went i bought his ticket we went we set sail and um i remember getting there and you know we did ka and i was like okay you know that was cool um and then i remember seeing el toro and i'm like can we please we're gonna ride that next because i love phoenix i love wooden roll coasters i want to know what that is and i remember walking up to see the sign i'm like okay all right that's kind of cool 
So I remember getting into the train. I remember going up the lift hill and I remember the first drop. Mm -hmm. And it just like something like we hit the first drop and then I just started like crying. Like it felt like it just felt like a lot just in that moment. And then the rest Mm -hmm. of the ride, like I was just like crying, but like a happy cry, which was like really weird for me because I was like, I haven't felt like this genuine feeling in so long. Diamondback. Yes. And then we got off the ride. And as I'm walking to the exit, it felt like someone put their hands really, really firmly on my shoulders and just gently, but lovingly like shook me a little bit and was like, there are still things here for you. Yes. And I was like, okay. And then you flash forward Mm -hmm. to when I get on the voyage and in my head, I'm not really, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be cool. Like I wasn't, I was in a much better place. Obviously I was still alive, much better place. I, you know, I was it, like traveling, like making friends mm-hmm. and all this. I was like, okay, yeah. And we get to the voyage and I'm, I'm like, oh, this could be fun. And we just go through. And the first time I wrote it, it was like a sunset ish nightish ride. Cause it was in mm-hmm. October. So yeah. it was when they were closing earlier or when the sun was setting earlier. And we hit the break run and I'm, I'm obviously I'm just bawling again and I'm just crying because in my head, like I felt that same feeling like kind of like wash over me. And I felt that mm-hmm. same, all of that. And I thought that that first sentence, that there are still things here for you. I thought it was just like a period at the end. Like that's yeah. it. That's the sentence. And when I hit the break run, it's just, and this is one of them. Yes. So it was just a continuation of that. And I've never felt it on any other ride. Mm -hmm. Those two rides are the two that genuinely like, I say that the ride saved my life. Um, And I kind of say that as like a little tagline just to kind of get the talk going about like mental health Mm -hmm. and about just what the story was. Cause I never try to like, really like, it's something that I would rather like somebody come to me and ask me about. Mm-hmm. Um, then just kind of talk about it just all, all the time. Um, but in reality, what happened was just riding them reminded me of things that I already knew, like think like that. Yes, there is a purpose. There is still mm-hmm. more here. They reminded me of stuff that I already knew, but buried so deep inside of me. I didn't, I was like, I don't, I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. And that was what solidified them as something so special to me like it wasn't just it was something that genuinely felt like it made a piece of me alive again mm-hmm. so yeah. and <laughs> i can relate to you thank first of all thank you for sharing that that was one of the bravest stories i've ever heard told on this podcast but it also opened my eyes even further to how much we have in common something I'll (laughs) share with you that I've never shared on this podcast or with very few people for that matter, because I've never felt the the need to, you know, you're talking about mental illness. I share with you when I was telling my story that my mother was bipolar. Well, you know, going through that. And I also share with, you know, after the things that happened and 
2008, 2012, and 2014, I was, you know, in the mode too of trying to find out what was still here for me. Well, you know, looking on the parenting of things through going through her roller coaster with bipolar, you know, and trying to find medications that would work for her. First of all, you know, I was raised in a town of only 10,000 people, you know, back in the 80s. Mm-hmm. there was a huge stigma associated with mental illness. You know, you were supposed to just be locked up in some room somewhere and hidden away from the world. Well, she knew she had a problem and she was trying to get help. And it was, it started out, you know, as an attempt to get help. And it led to a very strong prescription drug addiction, which later became mixed with alcohol. And I saw her, I was 10 years old, right in front of my face, literally with the drugs and the alcohol, try to take her own life. I saw her eat a leaf off of a plant and then drop to the floor in a seizure. And I had very narcissistic, evil grandparents that were standing there telling my father to let her die. And it was then and there that I found courage in me that I never knew I had. I took, you know, basically 10 years of aggression and anger out on my grandparents that day. I called 911. I got the life squad in that house. I went and showed them when they came in the house because nobody else would do it where all the hiding spots were for her medicines. I knew where it was all at. And I said, hell no. You know, and she did. She went to rehab. She said she was gonna, she was gonna get the help she needed. She did. She got off that medication. She got off all those pills. And she never turned back. She never turned back into that monster that she would become before she got the help that she needed. But several years later. She was on, again, you know, small, small small town psychiatrist. They had her on lithium and she wasn't told that her levels were supposed to be checked. And so yet again, this was in my uh, uh, late 20s, maybe early 30s. She developed lithium toxicity. Mm-hmm. And I, she was in the ICU again. And almost lost her life again that time again again so i was there to see her through all of that they finally got her medicines balanced out and she lived out the remainder or the remainder of her life you know in the best you know better than she'd ever been and you know once she got well she made a promise, you know, that she she was going to spend the rest of her days trying to make up to us, you know, what had happened when we were kids. And I can honestly say that I saw that. But, you know, I've, I've seen my mother, you know, in that situation twice. It never made me suicidal because I knew, I knew she needed me. There were yeah. three of us sisters and I was the, the one that... Just from a very young age, 
would take the bull by the horns and just would do the, what needed to be done and wouldn't back down to the grandparents mm -hmm. and other people saying to do otherwise. They didn't really like me. I wasn't the favorite and I didn't care. <laughs> still don't. I still go didn't against matter. the grain. I, I'm still one that will go against the grain as hard as I can whenever necessary for a good cause. But um, that's what happened to me after she passed away. You know, I was so used to her needing me. It was like, okay, what's left for me here now? You know, where's the purpose? Mm -hmm. So, you know, when I shared with you earlier, you know, me kind of finding, you know, what's here for me now? That's, you know, how my involvement in coasters in the community came to happen. Yeah. So, now, you are, in addition to a diehard enthusiast, which everyone in the community knows you as, I think even better well-known for your artwork. I was first exposed to your artwork through our involvement with Coaster Kids. And I remember I would just, I would see your face pop up on social media and I started seeing your artwork. <laughs> Whoa, who is this person? You know, <laughs> and where does all of this talent come from? And then the more I've seen your post, and you're like, oh, I just drew that, drew this up in five minutes. <laughs> I told people, I was like, she has more talent in the tip of her pinky <laughs> than most people have Aww. in their entire body. I mean, it's just a gift that keeps on giving and it's just brought joy and happiness to so many. Tell me more about your story as an artist. Let's talk about, you know, what inspired you to get started with art in general? What did you start out with? And how did your art evolve into what it is today? So I guess I like really started like actually drawing in like, I want to say like third grade. Mm -hmm. um, it just kind of was like something to kind of do, you know, just like at like indoor recess and stuff like that. Um, and then I was like, oh, like, I think I'm actually pretty like, I think I can actually do something with this. So I started like just drawing pretty much any chance that I really got and it, it was kind of beneficial too because like I didn't have a ton of friends throughout you know middle school and high school um so it was something that I could kind of do in my free time without like needing to be around other like I, I could just do it whenever like wherever mm -hmm. um I didn't have to like have a like it wasn't like it wasn't like playing a sport or something where like you need like a team or things like that. It's something I could do on my own. Yeah. Um, so I just kind of like, I just really fell in love with it. Um, I want to say I would like do art classes in school all the time. Um, and you know, they always have like, Oh, there's a bunch of different like mediums and here's like acrylics and here's that. And I do enjoy all of them. But um, in high school I was like, Oh, I love colored pencil. Um, I, f I found out that like, I just really loved colored pencil when I did my first ever like colored pencil piece mm -hmm. and it was like a hyper realism thing. And it was just of like this glass, um, with like marbles and stuff in it. I think it's like way down on the bottom of my Instagram, but 
that was like when I was really like, oh man, like, yeah, I love this. And then I was like, I really want to draw roller coasters because I love them a lot. And I, I like taking the angles and the shine on the metal and the shadows. And I love cranking it up, like just exaggerating everything because I want to capture what it feels like to be not just to, not just to like draw a roller coaster, but I want to capture the feeling of standing at the base of a roller coaster. <laughs> and when you just have that larger than life feeling, like everything yeah. is like in like, technicolor like everything is just so much more you know because you've got the sound and like the smells the cotton candy and the music and the, the laughing and the pe- like just it's like being in a theme park is like like just a full-on like take all your senses and just crank it up to a million so it's kind of like overstimulation for a lot of people like in a good way mm-hmm. um which again that's how I am. I love, like, I'm a maximalist. I love all of that. So I wanted to capture, I want people to look at roller coasters the way I look at them. So when I draw them and when I exaggerate things, like, that is my goal, is I want you to hear the train coming. I want you to feel the wood, the metal. Like, I want to communicate that to who's viewing it. Um, and I also... And I also was diagnosed with um, autism and ADHD um, pretty early on in my life. Um, in, in elementary school, I kind of got like the official like, oh, your diagnosis. And I was like, okay, great. So I think some of the positive sides with like when it comes to, like ADHD and, and being autistic, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I can fixate really really like i can hyper fixate or hyper focus on attention to detail exactly and that is kind of what makes it so i can communicate the way that i feel and the way that it feels to be at a theme park through my art that's even more that you have in common with my family yeah well and and actually there's there's more coming here yeah, my son does have an official diagnosis of high-functioning autism and ADHD. My daughter, she's going to be 14 in May. And the further that she's gotten into school, the older that she's gotten, she's very, very smart. I will say that. So I think some of this has flown, it flew under the radar Yeah, for a number of years. She's actually going for testing next monday i finally got her in this past monday for the first appointment it took me a year to get her in because the waiting list at these places are so long Mm -hmm. but she's asked me you know to take her to get her tested because she knows there are struggles that she has and she is being to i mean it's it's very clear adhd i don't not not h i think it's more add with her but they're also testing her for Asperger's. Yeah. Which would explain a lot. A lot, know, yeah. And, yeah. And then just, you know, nowhere to go, you know, from 100%. Here so that she can get, you know, the interventions and help that she needs to be 
her best self. But it's just, it's taken almost until she's gotten to high school to for everything to really you fall know, into place. Fall into place and the, you know, us to really open to what the struggles are that she's having because it, yeah, it just hit itself for so, so well for so long. You know, and then at first it started, it, it, it first started surfacing, I think, towards the end of elementary school. It, it looks just like, like she was being lazy or she, you know, she wasn't paying attention or she was mm-hmm. falling, falling under the other, under the influence of, you know, the wrong people and that sort of thing. But then, you know, she's gotten into middle school, she's getting ready to graduate middle school, the workload's getting more difficult. Yeah. It's, and then her social difficulties that she's had. I, I really think we're heading in the right direction. So I'm actually very encouraged about that. But um, wow, I did not realize with your artwork, you really wanted to activate all yes. of the senses <laughs> because I've actually said that before, you know, looking at some of your pieces, like, I actually feel like I'm there. That's my goal. I want people to see things through my eyes. Well, so. you definitely managed to accomplish that. Yay! <laughs> so outside of coaster art, are there other different types of art that you create as well? Yeah, I do a little bit of everything. Um, I do, like, I've done, like, portraits, pet portraits. Um, they're not my favorite, but I do do them. Um, I do... I really like to do, like, I like to customize things. I like to mm-hmm. kind of make, like, my own, like, like t-shirt designs or, like, I do, like, logos and, like, digital stuff, like, crew buttons and Instagram, like, things. Like, El Toro Ryan, I did his logo and his YouTube banner. You know, just lots of fun stuff, um, whether that be for coasters or for something else. Um, it doesn't really matter. Um, but I really like... I just really like to customize things. Like I've I've learned that about myself. I like like doing my own designs on like backpacks and even like my car. My car mm-hmm. has like three hundred stickers on it. Like I just it's just I view that all as art. But like yeah, um, I don't think there's too much outside of that. I do. Um, I also do tattoos. Like I do. Yes. Um, I've done my own tattoos on myself um some of them but not not everything um obviously but i do some tattoos um yeah probably say that sums it all up (laughs) oh i've got jewelry i've got a bunch of coaster stuff on my car too i'd love to see just the i love spunky little coaster cars so just so yeah oh yeah i know you mentioned to me that you make coaster bracelets as well Yes, I do. I always, if you see me at a theme park, for anybody, anybody, it goes for anybody. If you see me at a theme park, I will be wearing, like, Wonder Woman-style cuffs. Not actually, but, like, does tons of bracelets up and down mm-hmm. my arms. Um, and I try to make them for, like, roller coasters. I make them say, like, funny things, too, sometimes. And I just hand them out because it makes people so happy. Like, I love going to the theme park, and I always kind of, again, I kind of, like, wait. Like, I'm, like, ooh. Like, someone will compliment, like, the bracelets. I'll be like, oh, these are so pretty. I'll be like, thanks. Do you want one? And they're like, what? 
And I'm like, yeah, oh. would you like one? And they're like, okay. So I give them out like that. And that's how I make friends. <laughs> well, I know I got super excited when you asked me, like, would you like me to send you some coaster bracelets? I'm like the kid waiting on Santa Claus. Like, this oh, is going to yeah. be the coolest things ever. I can't wait to oh, see yeah. these. <laughs> I'm excited. I'm going to probably send them out like next week. Oh. I have like literally, I literally just bought more. I, I'm not even kidding. I just bought more beads. Mm-hmm. Like in my bag, literally right here. Oh. Like I, I got like these really cute like Halloween ones. Oh, fun for like legend and stuff. So they got like little pumpkin. Yeah, so Those cute. Are awesome. Oh my goodness. And I got these leaves for like Mystic Timbers. I don't know. Yeah. I just whatever. It's fun. I like them. <laughs> and so. to me, to me, the more unique, the better. The one, the yes. one of kind stuff. People yes. see like, ooh, can I get one of those? Maybe, but not just like it. Not just like it. Yeah, they're <laughs> all different. Yeah. That's like the big thing too. Like I like the prints that I sell and stuff. I take care of shipping and handling and everything. Like I don't go through like Redbubble or anything. Not that mm. that's like a like that's totally like cool too because I get all my stickers from. I love Redbubble, but. I personally want to send out handwritten thank you notes. Mm. Like that's really big for me. I want to be able to write thank you. I want to be able to be the one to package it. Sometimes I'll have like quick cues or like, Mm -hmm. like skip the lines or fast lane plus that I just have extra of. So I'll like put them in too, or like I'll put in like, like magnets or just like little things Mm -hmm. too, like doing little things like that. Yeah, sign me up. I love that. That's my favorite thing because it makes it personal and it makes it like an act of love. And that's how I like to show love is just like doing like little tiny like gifts and things like that. So. And I did not know that you designed El Toro Orion's logo. Yeah, That gets me even more curious to see what you're going to up with for us with our new Trimming for coasters as we look forward to expanding from just the Coaster Challenge podcast to the Coaster Challenge Network. Yeah, a lot of the a lot of the Instagram accounts that you'll see, um, if they have like kind of like a if it looks like it's like if it looks like a block breaks thing, it probably, it probably is. <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna go back and start looking. I, I have a website them. too, and on the website I have examples of all the logos I've done. Okay. So all right what accomplishments do you have as an artist i mean i know you're so well known there have to be i think the biggest the biggest accomplishment ever for me was the fact that holiday world sells my art in um their shop uh lee actually reached out to me and was like hey i love your art and i was like i love your park yeah (laughs) so they um asked if they could sell my art which was like just like crazy to me um i know that they're sold i know that they sold out so um i'm gonna have to replenish it but that's the good thing is that there will be more this this season so i will have more of the voyage and thunderbird uh prints and i'm gonna be working on two more that should be ready for maybe 
maybe we'll be ready for the on season. Maybe a little bit later into the summer. Leah and Lauren are actually both previous guests on the podcast. Great people. And I have that artwork in my house. (laughs) Times two. (laughs) I had to get it for each of the kids. I still need to get my own. Yeah. To add to the, your, your coaster museum is your bedroom. Mine is my living room. <laughs> my entire living room is slowly but surely it. evolving. I call it the coaster shrine. Getting there. <laughs> it's, it's getting there a little at a time. Um, you talked about selling your artwork. If, and I know you said your artwork is available to be purchased at mm-hmm. Holiday World. Are there yes. other ways that people can purchase your artwork as well? Yes. So you can um, visit my website. Um, and my website is blockbreaks.com. So it's just, again, I'm blockbreaks across everything blockbreaks on Instagram, blockbreaks on Twitter, um, pretty much just everything. Um, and I have the website, which is also that it has two available prints right now i'm trying to get two more i'm actually going to be focusing full-time on like art and a couple things starting in june so um i also do like commission stuff where there's some people that want me to draw something specific and then they get to keep the original art they get it framed like i get it framed for them i ship that out i don't make prints unless they say it's okay obviously because if they want to be the only one that has it, then that's what they pay for. Mm-hmm. So you can contact me through Instagram DM, Twitter. Um, there's an email on my website um, if you want to set up something like that. Otherwise, you can just go buy prints that are already done on blockplace.com. Well, I didn't know you had a website. So once mm-hmm. we're done here, that's the first thing I'm going to do. Once I sit down for the evening, I'm going to check that website out. That sounds yeah. really cool. Kind of a work in progress, but we'll get there. I'll tell you, as I've you know, gotten into the community, become more affiliated with people on social media and that sort of thing, I see a lot of artists, you know, particularly on Instagram and that sort of thing, that have pages, but very few have the level of success you've been able to attain i see a lot of people with a lot of talent you know that just may not have the means what tips do you have aspiring artists that want to get their work out into the coaster community and you know more people to see it i know it sounds like because like listen if somebody told me this Back when I was first, like, kind of getting my feet wet in all of it, I would, like, roll my eyes. But it's honestly so true. Like, I never thought I would be sitting here saying this, but literally just keep screaming. You're just keep screaming out into the void. Like, for the longest time, I felt like I was posting and I was tagging things. And I was like, oh, my gosh, like, just I feel like I'm yelling and yelling and yelling and nobody's listening. Like, I felt like for the longest time, this is something that I have been trying for even before coasters. Like, I had been trying to get my art out there for years, like, full on. I remember even way back into, like, middle school, I was trying and trying and trying. And it, it's, it's, 
it is a lot of work and um like some like yeah just that persistence the best piece of advice that i can give you is even when it feels like you're like bro this is never gonna work like no one is it's been years and no one's seen my stuff yet like things like that doesn't matter keep pushing keep creating don't get stuck in the rut where it's like oh yeah this isn't worth it i'm gonna quit like just keep pushing yourself i wanted to give up so many times there were even times when i just took breaks from drawing and i regret that heavily looking back now like it's like oh man i really shouldn't have done that but i did learn what not to do so just keep pushing and i do every every piece of coaster right that i see especially like people who are like smaller accounts i do try to repost it and i don't have like a huge platform but people do see my art so i really try to kind of uplift like um the um like voices of like people who are like lesser known creators so please tag me send me your work i would love to see it i all i promise i'll give you actual good like for real like I'll talk to you about values and I'll talk to you about shadows and I'll give you some real good feedback. I promise. So tag me in your stuff and I would love to see everything that, you know, people be, people are doing. So, but that's my advice. Other than that, just, just keep pushing. Do not give in to the idea. Cause I'm telling you that is a lie. The idea that, oh, you should just quit. Oh, like it's not getting you anywhere. Oh, nothing. There is so much happening behind the scenes. People are sharing your stuff, whether you know it or not. So keep going. You all heard it here first. (laughs) Take that advice and run with it. Definitely. Now, we're going to talk a little bit about your future here. I do work in the school system right now. Like my job right now is that. What goals do you have moving forward? Definitely to really, because like, I feel like I'm starting to gain a little bit of momentum with my art. So Mm -hmm. what I'm going to kind of be doing is shifting a little bit more towards pretty much just exclusively, not exclusively, but like taking commissions and freeing up my time like I'm basically quitting the job that I have now it's a great job I I enjoyed it um but I have been here for about a year and a half and I'm like okay now that I feel like there's momentum I'm really shifting the focus more towards the creative aspect I'm really nervous I'm not gonna lie like I'm Mm -hmm. I'm really scared because I've always kind of had this sense of security by keeping a job that was like always going to be there you know what i yeah, mean like it's gonna I've provide that steady paycheck i've always had a job i always 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 like i you know wherever it was however it was i always had steady income but i'm getting to the point where i'm realizing that it's getting in the way um which is a nice problem to have i just hope that it continues you know what i mean mm-hmm. like i'm not i don't have enough time to keep up with the commissions that I do. Mm -hmm. I don't have enough time to keep up because I have this other job. Mm -hmm. So I'm really scared because this is going to be the first time that I'm shifting pretty much just to doing art. And like, I'm going to have like one other thing where I'm kind of going to help with like some stuff at some parks and stuff. Um, And um, I'm going to be doing a little bit of like, like 
I'm kind of going to help with this like production crew on a couple things. Um, I also, I'm like, I think that should play really nicely with this kind of shift. Um, just a job that isn't as steady um, as the safe, the safe, you know, the safe bets that I've always had. So I'm really nervous, but mm-hmm. I'm excited. <laughs> that is super exciting. And I'll tell you, it takes me, it takes my mind to one of my favorite songs. In addition to coasters, you know, and fitness, which has become a hobby of mine, something else, of course, I'm, I'm aging myself again here, that is another part of what keeps my mind in a happy place is listening to my 80s hairband music, which I love and my favorite greatest of all time band is scorpions i got to finally for the first (laughs) time in my life see them live back over labor day weekend oh wow and it was just a dream come true i i don't know how a band could possibly sound better after over 50 years but they've managed to accomplish that and klaus has this voice it's just timeless he's the only live performance i've ever heard that sounds identical to a recording. Aww, I mean, awesome. there's no deviation of pitch. There's nothing out of tune. It's perfect. And awesome. one of my favorite songs of theirs that I found by accident is one called Follow Your Heart. And it's very much, you know, the message of uh, what you're talking about, you know. Yeah. And uh, lots of times, you know, I've learned in life. Yes, it's scary when you remove that safety net. And I've had to do that, you know, really with my personal life more over the past year or so. You know, take some of the things that have always been that just are no longer good for me. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, while it may be what's familiar, it's holding you back. Mm-hmm. you know and let that go and the hard part is just not knowing what's on the other side of the door every time i've let that safety net go i've found you know that the next best thing something even better than what i was expecting is literally what's right around the corner it's just not knowing what's there that's the hard part mm-hmm. yeah but i'm excited for you and i think there's gonna be nothing but wonderful things. Yay! <laughs> and the smile on your face and the excitement already shows. This is going to be a very good thing. I'm very excited. Trust scared, it. but I'm excited. Yeah, <laughs> trust. It's like the coaster for the first time. Yes. The nervous anticipation. Just trust it and roll yes. with it. Now, this next question, I want to make sure this doesn't catch you off guard. It's a newer question that we've added to our interview with the uh, passing of one of our previous guests who was very young. Now, he he was interviewed on the podcast before I joined. He was well, he was relatively well known through Coaster Kids. Dustin, well, mm-hmm. I'm sure you saw mm-hmm. the post on social media and stuff with, with his uh, passing. But that's, David had a pretty good relationship with him. And that's what inspired us to add this question to our lineup for our interviews. Looking 
at your life, you know, and you've the impact that you have, you know, on family, friends, colleagues, you know, and across the coaster community in general, how would you like to be remembered by the people that have come into contact with you throughout your life? So I think I would rather, rather than like me myself be remembered, I hope that people remember more so what I, like the, the ideas that I held. Mm -hmm. um, I really want people to, to continue that like kind of like desire to include everybody and to just kind of really truly focus on making things a nice environment honestly for everybody like no like not leaving anybody behind and things like that I think I would really like to see that continued whether or not like I'm remembered alongside of that mm -hmm. I just want to see that my ideas and my like the things that I hold close to my heart I want to see people continue that continue to reach out continue to because I just think back again to like just some of the lowest points of my life and how so much could have been changed with just mm -hmm. one person just saying like just being a little extra like oh I see you're working hard like that's all so like just that carry that like even beyond in like with friends like even when you like go to like a theme park and you see like ride operators and you can kind of tell like it's hot there's spring break crowd there's summer vacation you know yeah. and they're struggling and you just kind of be like oh hey like if nobody told you today i appreciate your hard work like you're doing great man like that's what i want to see continued on mm -hmm. way after i am no longer here or whenever i want to see those things the things that i strive to do at least once a day for one person every day. And so. that's something that really <laughs> stuck with me after really getting to talk to you for the first time. Because, you know, coming to Hollywood Nights my first couple of times as a newer enthusiast, it was pretty overwhelming, you know, seeing all these faces that I, oh my gosh, you know, here are actually all these people in real life and just being nervous as heck to really try to say anything to anybody talk oh, about yeah. you know feeling like the fish out of water these people are nobody knows who i am uh i'd really like to talk to this person but i'm not sure if i can stop chewing on my foot long enough to speak you know? <laughs> and i'll be honest you know the more i relax and you know just I view, you know, like everybody's just another person like me. It's it's no more or less. Everybody's a person. But some people will not take the time to mm -hmm. interact. You know, they're they're kind of offstandish, snubbish. Okay, you know, I get that. I'll, you know, I'll move on. I don't I definitely don't don't want to be a thorn in anybody's side. But one of the things that really stood out to me about you is you just I felt like within just a couple of minutes, like I'd known you my whole life. You're very easy <laughs> to talk to. And it's not just with me, with anyone that stops 
you take the time to speak to them, make them feel included, make them feel welcome. And, you know, that right there is what it's all about. And I do the same thing. I'll see the, the more I've opened up and started talking to people, I'll see that right up. Or, you know, that person walking around, it's 95 degrees with the broom and the dustpan. Oh, yeah. Sleep, weeping the park, cleaning the bathroom. I mean, just take a second to say something because typically those words have a far bigger impact than the time that it takes to say them. Yeah. And it wouldn't, none of it would be possible. If we didn't have them, all of it, everybody, even the people who work in like concession and have nothing to do with the rides, like we could not have a theme park if it wasn't for you guys. Yeah. So that's, that's, yeah, that's huge for me. So that makes me so happy you feel that, that you felt that way. That that's what I try for. And and when I've been received like that by people such as yourself, you know, because I told you I used to be very extremely introverted and shy. It's made it easier for me to talk to other people and slowly but surely overcome my fear of public speaking, which if you told me a few years ago that I would be able to do that, I would have said you're out of your mind. Never going <laughs> to happen. And here I am. So stranger things have happened. Now, our next question is just going to be about advice in general. A lot of our listeners listen, you know, they're looking for inspiration advice or help in different areas of their life. My question for you, and this can be about, you know, theme parks, roller coasters, or life in general for our audience, anything you want to say that would help, what advice would you like to give to those that are listening? First of all, it's nice to be nice. That's the big thing. (laughs) But in terms of like sincere, like genuine, honest to God life advice, The thing that I live by is that we, no matter what, no matter what religion you believe in, no matter what mindset you're in, no matter anything like that, you are guaranteed this life once. You are guaranteed, you can say with certainty that this is the life that you are going to live currently. And it is way too short. There are way too many things to live it for anyone but yourself like as long as you're not hurting anybody be the truest version of yourself that you can be even there's gonna be like everybody you can't please everybody and everybody's gonna always have something to say no matter what so you should definitely be true to yourself do not deny yourself opportunities or experiences because you're worried about how that's going to come across or you're worried about what that's going to like how you're going to look or whatever It doesn't matter. You are here and you're going to have fun and you're going to try to basically make as many people smile along the way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, just be be nice to be nice and make sure that you are your truest self. You're doing everything that you want to do. That is absolutely fantastic advice and advice I can fully attest to. I've experienced something like that actually over the past year through my fitness journey and um started out as just a few but um started getting some you know some positive feedback and stuff and people were being inspired by my my fitness posts and stuff 
that I put out on Facebook. And I almost actually thought about stopping doing that for a while because there were a few people, not very many, but basically like made me feel like, oh, you're bragging. We've seen enough. We're tired of seeing that, you know, that sort of thing. But then I've had so many more reach mm-hmm. out and like, you have no idea how much this is inspiring me. Please keep posting. And a lot of times it's not even about, you know, somebody that's put a like or a comment, but then I'm getting private message after private message after private message, how much I'm helping these people. And um, I guess, I mean, I got a, a message from a young man last week. He has struggled so much. He has autism. He's in his, young, he's in his early 20s, very overweight, has zero support from his family when it comes to anything made fun of talked down to you know by his own family i met he he's messaged with me a lot and i messaged him in detail you know what you know what do you want to know you know he wanted to know how to get started and he was thrilled he's finally started his journey he's been able to lose 15 pounds you know he's gotten started he's feeling confident he's feel you know feeling good about himself uh, there's just so many you know countless people that have come to me <laughs> and i'm seeing this and they're like don't stop keep doing it so you know that's motivated me it's like you said there's always going to be people to say no you you need to stop you need to stop be the biggest version of yourself and then just go even bigger and um you know you're gonna find your people and the people that don't get it i've just learned to accept that's a them problem so i totally agree just keep on keep it on that brings us to our last question and your interview has been very impactful, by the way. I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear this and they are going to want to reach out to you. Yay. Where can people find you on social media if they want to look at your artwork, if they want to contact you, you know, talk to you about advice or just you know, sharing their artwork or just anything in general? So, yes, I am Block Breaks across pretty much everything. Um, and it's Block Breaks, like, the part of the roller coaster. So it's Block Breaks, like, B-R-A-K-E-S. So many people think it's the other one. And I'm like, oh, wow, yeah, I didn't think that through. Because <laughs> I totally would type the wrong one in, too. I always get them confused. But, um it's kind of funny how we did the use well how I did the username I was kind of joking with my one friend and I was like dang like I see all these people with like really cool usernames like inclined loot and like launch track and like stangle dive and like all this cool all these cool like like cobra roll I should pick like the most boring part of the ride and make that my (laughs) username (laughs) <laughs> I'll do the one that everybody's like, turn the trim break. Yeah, let's do block breaks, bro. Let's go. So I just, it's kind of like funny. And then it kind of stuck. And now I can't go back. So now I have to just have my website that way and just everything. So block breaks, I'm primarily 
active on Instagram. I also am active on Reddit and Twitter and sometimes Facebook, um, but not super often Facebook. Um, but that's like my full name, Casey Joe Johnson. And again, my website, um, blockbreaks.com. Try to keep it really easy. Yet another thing that we have in common with the <laughs> launch coming of trimming for coasters. I hope you get that. That's a double meeting there. It's trim breaks. Yes. Exactly. It's just funny. It's, it's like, I don't know. It's trimming up. Exactly. There you go. Gotta, gotta I love, love it. it. <laughs> yes. Literally, I. that's a big goofball. Like, I love, I can't, I don't, yeah. I, I. I can't take credit for I can't take credit for that. That was uh Andrew and I felt like he really he knocked the ball out of the park. Hit the nail on the head. With that name, yes. Well, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. I've learned so much more about you and goodness, I just felt like this was meant to happen. The connections we have personally and I mean through Family and that sort of thing are just uncanny. But and we both like the magic seat. Yes, the magic. <laughs> oh yeah, there's the El Toro. Yeah, there's Voyage here and El Toro right there. By the way, yeah, we'll have to get more. Yeah, we'll to get now more that photos we have of that. Yeah, we have the matching ones. Thank you so much. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Thank you for being my guest on the podcast. Of course. Thank you for having me. If you enjoyed today's episode, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast. If you want to see more of us, we upload every Friday. Be sure to like us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. All at Coaster Challenge. Links are in the description below. Thanks for joining us here today.